0: Good morning, everybody. How are you? Good. Nice to see you all. Welcome back, Anton. Annaline. Where's Annaline? Hi. Welcome back. Glad you guys are feeling better. Um, so this morning, um, I'm going to preach um, about faith again. Uh, not again. In other words, I'm not going to repeat, but I'm going to Continue. To, to preach about faith. Um, uh, uh, and, and faith, if you wouldn't mind to please put up the first scripture in 1 Timothy, um, and, and thank you for for uh, coming closer. I felt like, you know, we were spread all over the hall, and, and, and I feel like the Lord wants to do something among us today, and we must be close. I just felt it, and so thank you. Thank you for, for coming and sitting close and uh, if you really want to, you can all hold hands. Uh, no, 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 just playing. Okay, so, so the first um, um, scripture is, um, uh, 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 and, and just so that you know, I, I uh, have prepared a whole preaching series on faith, okay? And so I've got all the scriptures laid out or whatever, and so I, I prepared this morning, I got up early, and I prayed, and I, and I felt ready to preach. And then um, I thought, okay, I'm going to go for a walk, And as I was walking, the Lord started to speak to me in a different direction, but on the same topic. And so this is going to be less um, polished. Thank you, Joey. Less polished, but hopefully much more powerful. Um, So 1 Timothy chapter 1 verse 5 says, The purpose of my instruction is that all believers would be filled with love that comes from a pure heart, a clear conscience, and genuine faith. The purpose, the, the, the point of us teaching one another, and the Bible says that, that we should be devoted to the apostles' teaching. I'm not an apostle, but, but I've learned what I'm teaching you from Andrew and from others. And from the writings of the Apostle Paul and the Apostle James, right? So, And the purpose of the instruction, the purpose is that all believers, that's every one of us, not just the elders or deacons or community leaders or all, every age, every walk of life, that all believers, that includes you, would be filled with love. That's the purpose, is that your life would be full of love and that that love would be evident and worked out in deeds of love, in loving works, in loving sacrifice towards God and others. So the purpose is love and That love that comes from a pure heart and a clear conscience. The the second foundation, the the, the first level beneath love. Love is the result. The next level is is a pure heart and a clear conscience. That means when you wake up in the morning, you don't know of anything that you've done wrong. Patrick asked, Is there somebody here who doesn't know Jesus, who doesn't, who can't say you're beautiful? Maybe there's there's those of us who've come here this morning and, and we can't say that we are forgiven of all our sins. Because we know we've sinned. The Bible says all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. But the good news, the glorious good news is that God forgives our sins. That He sent His Son and He died on a cross and, 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 and He paid the price for our sins. The, the punishment for our sins was put upon Him. He bore our sins. And therefore He forgives us for our sins. And that's wonderful news. And that's what clears our conscience. That's what gives us a, a right standing before God. But even when we become Christians, we still sin. I still sin daily. Less and less on purpose, but I find the flesh responds and uh, maybe it's impatience or anger or selfishness. It's there all the time. And, And especially when I think I'm fine, then the Holy Spirit comes and he opens my eyes and I say, Whoa, was that there the whole time in my heart? And the purpose of the instruction is that we we begin to to hear the word and it cleans our hearts and we start to live differently. We are changed. Our lives become new. The Bible says you are born again. You are a new creation. The old is gone. The new has come. And there's a new way of living, which is a a righteous living, a, a, a living that pleases God. And the source of that love and that clear conscience and that purity of heart is just beneath that. And that is a genuine faith. Genuine faith. Why would the Apostle Paul say a genuine faith and not just a faith? Because we can have fake faith. We can have a a faith which is corrupted, which is not true or genuine. And how do you know? And, and, And there's different types of faith. You can have a dead faith. That is a faith that says, I believe, but does nothing. James, the Apostle James, he says, you say you have faith. Even the demons believe and shudder, but they don't have a saving faith. They see God. You remember the man who was filled with um, legion of demons? And Jesus came across the sea, and he saw him, and this man used to to tear himself, he used to harm himself, he used to... the, The demons were in control, he was out of his mind, the people couldn't control him, and Jesus came up to him, and he said to the demons, before he said, they said, please, you know, we know you're going to cast us out, please don't send us back to the, uh, the pit, to the abyss, please just send us into the pigs, and Jesus said, get out of him, go, and, and they, they, they left him, and they went into the pigs, and the pigs ran over the cliff, those demons recognized who Jesus was. They believed that he was God. But their faith didn't result in repentance and didn't result in them being saved. Does that make sense? And so you can believe to a certain point, but it's not genuine. It does nothing. It produces nothing. And so it's not genuine faith. And the reason that I am feeling to teach us about faith, and we, we've done two weeks already, we, we've explained about that the faith is, is believing God, believing His promises, that faith is the way that we understand, that, that, that faith is, we, we've learnt these things, but I want to move on today. And, and the reason we're talking about faith is because faith is the basis, it's the foundation of Everything. In the Christian life, faith is having the right view on God and on life and on everything. It's, it's like you put on the glasses of faith and you can see things a way that is different to if you didn't have the glasses on. I have a pair of sunglasses, and they are brown-tinted, okay? I like them. Uh, Green, you know, the sun still gets through. Gray, everything looks just like it's a dark day. But brown, everything comes to life. When I look at grass through these brown lenses, it looks bright green, It's beautiful. And when I drive, I can see cars coming from a long way. And so I like brown lenses. But wearing those glasses changes the way I see the world. I was driving last week on my way to Willamore and I was wearing my brown sunglasses. And I said to the guys in the car, Wow, it's so beautiful. Look at the green. And they were like, And I realized we were looking at it through different lenses. And, and, and what God wants us to do is to look at life, to look at the world through the, the perspective, the lens of faith. He wants us to, to walk by faith. The Bible says we, we walk by faith. We live by faith. And in order to do that, we need to have the faith on our eyes. Having faith, having genuine faith, changes the way that we think. It changes the way that we see things, the way that we perceive things, the way that we respond to things. It changes the whole basis of how we feel, of how we act. I've preached before that the way we think determines how we feel. And the way we feel determines how we act. And the way we act determines our character. And our character determines our destiny. And so going back to the way we think, it determines our whole life. What I believe, what I think, the Bible speaks of the mind and the heart often in the same terminology. As a man thinks in his heart so easy, I mean, I don't think with my heart, my heart pumps the blood around my body, I think with my head, but when the Bible says the heart, it means the thinking, the being, the the way that we understand life, and in order to have faith, to put on those glasses of faith, our thinking needs to be saturated with something, And, and we'll get to that, in a second and then it will change everything about the way that we live what i want to do today is i want to move away from behavior adjustment i want to move away from persuasion you know hey guys you know you know patrick led us very well this morning he started with worship and he said guys let me describe to you the God that we're worshipping. Why did He do that? That's exactly the way to lead. It's because when you see Him, you respond naturally a certain way. And so what I want to do today is I want to explain the basis of faith. I, w- I want you to, to see what faith does, what it achieves, what it accomplishes when we have it, and what we miss out when we don't have it. And then the purpose is that we would gain a genuine faith and the result of that genuine faith would be pure living, upright living, holy living and love and lives poured out for God and for others. That's the purpose. Having faith will determine whether we will obey God or disobey Him. Having faith means we'll obey. Having unbelief means we won't obey. There's a man in Hebrews chapter 11, his name is Abraham. He's a crazy man. He's approached by God, his name is Abraham. And God makes him a promise. He says to him, Abraham, I'm going to make you the father of many nations. The father of many nations. He says, lift up your eyes. Look at the stars. How many are there? He says, I can't even count them. God says, that's what your children will be like. And Abraham was given a promise by God. And the Bible says in Hebrews 11 that Abraham believed God. And therefore, he left the place where he lived and he went to and he, and he lived in the wilderness because God told him to do that. He believed the promises of God. And believing the promises of God will make you and me like crazy fools. Like Abraham. He was old. He was older than any of the fathers here. And his wife was old. And... She couldn't have children anymore because she was too old. That part had stopped working. And yet, because of believing a promise, Abraham and his wife did things that they had stopped doing in order to have children. Isaac wasn't an immaculate conception like Jesus was he was their son which meant in faith these two oldies had to had to get together do you understand they started to act differently they started to change they started to do again what they had stopped doing probably many years before and it was based on faith on believing something faith is the difference between eternity in heaven with reward with joy and glory and either not making it because you don't have faith or just sliding through through the fire with all your effort and time and energy that you've spent in this life burned up in the flames of judgment and skidding through like one just making it with the smell of the flames you know faith. Why? Because faith determines whether we will please God or not. Hebrews chapter 11 verse 6 says it is impossible to please God without faith. Okay? And pleasing God is the determining factor for the rewards that we get in heaven one day. If we live our lives to please ourselves, how many of you know we're going to regret it forever? Hello? But if we lay down our lives, like Jesus gives us the example to, greater love has no man than this, that he lay down his life for his friends. That he, he makes sacrifices for his friends. That he becomes uncomfortable for his friends. That he, he does things that he otherwise wouldn't do because he sees life a certain way. Because he's looking forward to a reward, to, to a joy with hope. And so he becomes a loving, giving, hospitable, open, generous person that he wasn't before. It's all based on what he believes. Does that make sense? Faith, so so faith is the basis of, of eternity. Faith is the basis of whether we will overcome in life or shrink back in life. Hebrews chapter 10, um, can we look at verse 37, I think, faith, patient endurance is what you need now, so that you will continue to do God's will, then you will receive all that he has promised, for in just a little while the coming one will come and not delay, and a righteous person will live by faith, but I will Have no pleasure in anyone who turns away. Or in another translation, God says, I will have no pleasure in somebody who shrinks back. Faith will determine whether we will endure or not. Have you seen the Olympic powerlifting? Anyone? Have you seen Olympic powerlifting? Okay, that's your chair. Can I borrow this chair? I... I, I, thank you. I like chairs these days. Okay? Imagine this is the weights. Okay, I need one more chair. Thank you. Okay. So, Olympic powerlifting. Have you seen it? it I'm not talking about bodybuilding. I'm talking about powerlifting. Okay? There's tiny little ladies that do it, that can lift many times what I can. Okay? And, and what they do is, is there's, there's the weight on the, on the platform there. And, and it's, it's a heavy weight, obviously. They've been training, and, and the winner is the one who can lift the heaviest weight. Uh, kind of. There's more rules, right? You, and, and, and they keep on lifting up the weight higher and higher until everyone's failed. Okay? That's the way it works. Okay? But powerlifting is, is very technical. Okay? And, and there's a reason why I'm, I'm, I'm explaining powerlifting. Because our whole life of faith is powerlifting. I'll explain. So what they do is, when it's the contestant's choice, and you can see the coach, you know, is, you know, doing the massage on the neck, and they're all getting ready, you know, and they're they're psyching themselves up, and and then they go, and they stand there, and there's different types, but, but, you know, one of them, I think it's called the clean and jerk, or something like that, right, and I'm going to put the microphone down. and they, and they, and they stand for this, and they stand on the fish there, you know, and they're like, and then, and they yeah, like yeah, 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 have to the stand, and they have to <laughs> have, have, there we go. <laughs> yeah, I'm trying so hard. Uh, <laughs> but, but, but it's not just getting it up there, I just they're like this, okay? It's that the arms and the knees have to be um, locked. Thank you. Like this. And then they wait. And they just pee, and then they drop the weight. Okay? They have to persevere under the weight until they drop pee you've done it, and then they can drop it away. If they get it up there, and, then, and the arm starts to bend, then the judge waits. And can he get or she can get it back up. And, and this is what the scripture is saying. It's saying, can we have the scripture again, please? <laughs> Bacon. Bacon. <laughs> Tell me when it's there. It's there? Okay. Back one, please. 36. Patient endurance is what you need now. So that you will continue to do God's will, then you will receive all that He has prom- promised. It's not just believing initially; it's remaining believing. It's it's um, enduring. Under the weight of life, under the, the call to sacrifice, under the challenges of confrontation and a hurt, and under all the, it's, it's holding up the shield of faith so that it extinguishes the arrows of the enemy that come every day. It's persevering. Andrew was teaching us yesterday, and he used the example of Moses, who was asked to hold his hands up. And and while he was holding his hands up, Joshua and the guys, the the army of Israel was winning over the Philistines, was it? I don't know who it was. Amalekites. Okay, thank you. But as soon as his hands started to get tired, his hands fell down, and then the other side would start to win. And so two guys, I can't remember who it was, came alongside him and held his hands up. And there's a sense in which the reason that I'm preaching this to you is so that your hands, which might be tired, would be held up. Again. That you would pick up the shield of faith that you had once, but you've put it down that the areas of compromise in your life, the areas where there's unrighteousness and uncleanness, where, like we said the last time, you've picked up attachments, and you're walking and protecting them, that you would have the courage to, to lay down all the things that hinder and the sin that so easily entangles and run again and lift again and persevere again. That's the purpose of the instruction the Bible says that one of the the pieces of armor in Ephesians chapter 6 is the shield of faith and you know some of us, has anyone got a five rand coin? Five rand coin? Anyone? A two rand coin will do Thank you. Thank you. Yes. Awesome. Thank you. Appreciate it. Okay, I'm going to preach now. Uh, no, no. Some of us have got a shield of faith that looks like this. You know, trust in the Lord with all your heart, lean not on your understanding, all your ways, acknowledge him, and he'll make your path straight. That's the only thing you've got. It's like, you know. and when the devil comes to you and, and you, 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 you get a puncture, trust in the Lord with all your heart, and he and puts out the arrow. But then, you know, you're constantly trying to put out everything with one piece of faith that you have. This is not a very effective shield. Do you understand? And so we need to learn not only to pick up our shield, but to grow our shield. So that the shield is like one of those Roman shields that reaches from above your head to the floor. And they used to make a, something called a Testudo with it. Can you guys please? Roman shield. Okay, that's beautiful, but it's not what I'm looking for. Look, Roman shield and Testudo, just like T E S, I don't know how it's spelled. Testudo. Thank you. We need to grow our faith. So that it reaches from the floor to above our heads when we hold it, and it's a big rectangular shield. Whichever way we turn, there's no access. Because if you just test you, though, that's, that's what I'm looking for. Um, um, I'm sure you'll get it. You're doing amazing faith. You know, every time I preach difficult, it's faith. What's that? It's yeah, Patrick causing the problem. Okay. Uh, that was a Greek shield it 's not as good as a roman one it 's the one thing that you know the Romans did better. <clears throat> there we go. This is a testudo this is This is, and this is a very good picture of what we as a family are supposed to look like. The the Roman soldiers, they each had their own shield of faith, but next to them was their colleague, their fellow soldier who had his shield of faith and his shield of faith. And the ones behind, when they went into battle, would pick up their shield because there's people in front with their shields. I'm not at risk from there. And they would lift it up like this and put it up on top so that no arrows could get in either. And it formed this like tortoise, testudo, can you see what they're doing there, and that's what we're supposed to be like as a family, and what happens is every so often life gets heavy, and, and circumstances get heavy, and, and one of us starts to, uh, you know, I'm not sure, you know, there's lots of arrows in my, and it's going down, and it's going down, and we need to be alongside one another, stirring up one another, hey, pick up a shield, you know, uh, maybe that was exhorting or rebuking you know you can do it bro you know <clears throat> faith is not only the basis of survival but it's the basis upon which we will do great things for the Lord Faith is the basis upon which it's, the, it's the, the resource that will empower us to do, like Jesus said, greater things than these will you do if you believe in me. Some of us, the level of greatness of our faith that it equips us to do is to get out of bed on time on a Sunday. And make it to the service. Well done. But there's a lot more. There's a lot more. Um, Hebrews chapter 10 describes these crazy people who had faith. From verse um, 32. Please faith. And it says think back on those early days when you first learnt about Christ. Remember how you remained faithful even though it meant terrible suffering. What? You remained faithful. Your your shield remained up even though you endured terrible suffering. How many of you are currently enduring terrible suffering for your faith? Even though... uh, um, Sometimes you were exposed to public ridicule and were beaten. Anyone been publicly ridiculed and beaten? No? This week? Okay. Good. Hallelujah. And sometimes you helped others who were suffering the same things. Anyone helping others that are suffering? Anyone preparing meals for people that are suffering? Anyone going out of your way to give lifts or lend cars or open your home and host those that require it? Good. You suffered along with those who were thrown into jail. Maybe that's still coming. And when all you owned was taken from you, you accepted it with joy. I haven't seen a lot of that. I've seen a lot of people who had what they own taken away from them because a business person defrauded them or tricked them or whatever. And what I deal with is people who who, who didn't accept when anything was taken away from them with great anger. Because they've got the wrong glasses on. Why? Because Jesus said, anything that you give up for me, in this life. That means that means you get an whoa. Okay, Lord. Sure. Okay. Yeah, the Lord just spoke to me about something. Sorry. Anything. That means I'm not going to give a bribe. I'm not going to compromise. Andrew was teaching us yesterday about Russell Fraser. He came on uh, to Josh Jen when the church was a young bunch of surfers and drug addicts and, and and he was the older guy and he had a mercedes and and, and he was working and, and he, he he had to pay his rent and he had sons growing up and and, and Andrew felt like he must become an elder and, 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 and Andrew checked it with the other apostolic people around him, and everyone agreed and that day. Russell gets an offer from a French company to move up to Johannesburg at like four or six times his current salary. Hmm. What do you do? Well, Andrew wanted to say, Russell, don't go. But the Lord said, no, no, no. I'm testing him. And by faith, Russell said, you know what? I, I, I'm not going to take the job. I'm going to stay where I am. I'm going to Serve God. God has called me to Josh Jen. And Andrew was like, yes. And the next day, Russell got fired from his job. And Andrew was like, no. And the other people still wanted him. And Russell came to Andrew. He's like, Andrew, you know, now I don't have any job. I don't know how I'm going to provide for my family. I don't know how, you know. Andrew's like, okay. Pray about it. And the next day, Russell comes back. He says, you know what? God's called me to Josh Jen. Even if I don't have any money, even if I can't provide, I'm staying. He did a crazy, foolish thing in the eyes of the world. But anything that you give up for me in this life, Jesus said, I will give you 10, 60, 100 fold, both in this life and in the life to come. And so Russell made a crazy, foolish, Foolish decision, full of faith. He lived by faith. He sacrificed by faith. And now he's Russell Fraser. We all know him. He's a legend. He oversees regions. He's impacted my life by his faithfulness, by his faith. Does that make sense? And then it continues. so do not throw away this confident trust in the lord remember the great reward it brings you and 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 this is part of faith it's remembering the great reward and we the problem is we live in a world that denies the great reward that tries to shade it and and Distract us from it and, and question, is there a heaven coming? Is there a reward coming? Is there? And if there is going to be a heaven, they lie about it. They say, yo, it's going to be boring. Everyone's sitting in white robes on clouds playing harps. I mean, heaven's not going to be like that. Do you know what heaven's going to be like? Heaven is going to be a new earth. It's going to be just like this, but new. No sin, no sickness, no disease, no load shedding. (laughs) It says he himself will be the light. (laughs) Heaven is going to be an eternal adventure. We're going to be told to go and build cities and rule them and conquer and, and, and do amazing works for God. And the level of our faithfulness in this life will determine what we're given to do in that life. You know, I told you, the Lord told me to sell my house. I'm, I'm Please, I'm not saying this because... I'm saying it because this is where I'm at. What I'm learning now, right? And I used to value my house highly. Okay? I told you this the last time. But, do you know, I can't wait to get out. Last time I got a phone call. It was the agent. They did make me an offer. I think it's going to sell soon. Okay? I'm so excited to move into something smaller. To release capital so that I can use it for the kingdom rather than just... Luxury, luxurious living. Why? Why am I excited about that? You know, I've told a couple of my friends who who knew me before I was here. They're like, what are you doing? You won't be able to buy another one like that. It's in the right position. It's everything I thought when I thought like you. But I'm looking to the day. The day when he says, well done for disposing of that and using it wisely, you good and faithful servant. Come, let me show you the house I've built for you. You understand? Yeah. He says remember the great reward that your faith will bring you. Young people who are at school or at university, I feel like the Lord wants you to remember. Remember him. The Bible says remember me in the days of your youth. Remember me, be faithful, don't follow the crowd don't go out and party and be mischievous and commit sexual immorality don't do it honor like Joe said honor the Lord don't be like David who threw it all away don't be like Esau who threw it away his birthright for a bowl of soup it requires faith faith genuine faith is the foundation of pure living of a clear conscience of love of a life poured out for others now the Bible says in Hebrews that without faith it is impossible to please God what what, what is that Hebrews chapter 11 verse 6 faith could you give that to us you can see this wasn't prepared sorry guys Hebrews 11 verse 6 so you see it's impossible to please God without faith Anyone who wants to come to Him must believe that there is a God and that He rewards those who sincerely seek Him. Without faith, we cannot please God. We cannot love others. We cannot obey God. We cannot live holy. We cannot overcome the pattern of life of this world. We cannot escape the mundane Anybody feel like your life has got no purpose? It's it's mundane. It's waking up to work, to eat, to sleep, to wake up, to work, to eat, to sleep. Anyone feel like that? It's because there's not enough faith. Faith hasn't enabled you to see the beauties of God, to see the value of His church, to see the, the plight of our neighbors, to, to speak ourselves, welcoming people into our homes, to go out of our way to be late for other things for others without faith we can't escape a mundane meaningless life without faith we can't be salt and light, we can't sacrifice, we lose our focus on the lost we insulate ourselves, we protect ourselves and we become irrelevant saltless To the world. Without faith. We won't arm ourselves to suffer. The Bible says. Let the the attitude of Christ also be yours. And arm yourself. To suffer. To bear. To fill up the sufferings of Christ. Yes Christ suffered. His sacrifice was enough. But he gives us the privilege of sharing in his sufferings for the church. And there's great glory and great reward for those who will take up their cross and suffer with Him. Without faith, that's impossible. Without faith we will self-preserve. We will stay comfortable. We will hoard our own money. We will keep back from generosity. We will close our homes. We will close our hearts. We will close our schedule and calendar. We will keep our family the priority instead of His family. Without faith, we will lean on ourselves. We will lean on our own understanding, on our own resources. We will limit God and we will shrink back from the fight and return to the world like Demas did who left Paul because he was so in love with the world and the things of the world. Without faith, we will seek pleasure rather than pain. We will seek to be served instead of to serve. Without faith, it will be impossible for us to forgive truly and love deeply because faith is the reason. It's the basis for all these things. So we need faith. We need faith. Sure, time goes quickly, hey? Um, I'm going away on the 6th of July until the 23rd of August. Um, I'm, I'm going with Annie and our children. We're going to the Isle of Man conference and uh, then we're staying there for the youth camp and then we're going to the church in the Netherlands and we're going to be um, spending time with Peter and Afia and the church there. Um, and we're very excited about it, and we're also um, going to miss you terribly. It's going to be a long time—about six weeks—we'll be away. But I am going to preach, uh, if the Holy Spirit allows and if the Lord wills, the last part of this on Sunday the 25th. When is that? Next week. Okay. <laughs> it's next week. Okay. So I'm um, uh, yes, Patrick. Oh, I'm, you're right. Sorry, I'm not going to preach it on the 25th. Okay, this is... Thank you, Patrick. I'm not here next week, but I am here the week after. That is it the first week in July? Okay, that's and, and then I want to finish this faith before we go away. And I want to teach us how to gain faith. Okay? And I'll give you a clue. Faith comes by hearing. And hearing the Word of God. Any of you feel like you want to have faith right now? Anyone? You want to have more faith? Okay. The, the reason you feel that now and you didn't before is because of hearing the word of God. Hi, Andrew. Very good in you. <laughs> I'm, I'm, busy, I'm busy preaching. <laughs> <laughs> no problem. Can I call you later? Thank you. Okay, I'll tell them for you, Andrew. Lekha, like bye-bye. Sure. Submit to your leaders, right? <clears throat> he says, tell the people, they must be good Christians. <clears throat> so, so um, I'll, I'll, I'm going to finish. But okay, so, so we need to... Uh, faith comes by hearing and hearing the Word of God. Okay. Okay. And we're going we're to talk about how to grow a big shield and how to, to benefit from the shields of others. And we're going we're gonna to talk about that. But, but I don't want us to leave here knowing about faith. I want us, please, please, Lord, to leave having genuine faith that leads to holiness and love. Please, Lord, do that in us, Lord. Yes, um, Lord. I want to finish um, by talking about last week and next week. So last week I wasn't here because I had the privilege of going to our congregation in Asia Anyone know where Asia is? It's about 45 minutes up the West Coast. And Mike Oxley um, and and, and a group of uh, uh, other people from Malkbos were sent to plant a congregation there. Can I tell you, it's one of the most amazing things you can ever do to go and support a young congregation plant. I arrived there early in the morning, and we met at Mike's house. and, and on the way there, there's an amazing bakery there called Rajmi. They don't make healthy bread, but yo, it's tasty. Yeah. And and so I went there and I bought um um olive sticks. You know what, like. Oh, olive breads, you know, like with, and they've got these beautiful Greek kalamata olives, the only ones you should ever eat, really, you know, in those, in, and then we got, we, I got some almond um, croissants, and, and, oh, it was, I mean, chocolate croissants, and, yeah, it was amazing, and, and I collected it, and we had communion at his house, <coughs> we broke the, the bread, and ate and, and, you know, the Lord woke me up at four in the morning before I was going to go. I had I prepared something to preach on. I had asked him, what does the congregation need? He told me this is what they need. And I had prepared on it. And at and, and four in the morning, I wake up and <clears throat> I woke up, I think, mostly because I need to go to the bathroom, right? Like I'm that age, okay? So I, I, I woke up, went to the bathroom, and, and as I wake up, I hear this song. My beloved is the most beautiful among thousands and thousands. My beloved is the most beautiful, right? And I th- I'm sure I've heard the song before, but I couldn't remember at all. Like, you know. Um, and, and so I'm like, why do I have this song in my head? And I went and I lay down. It was too early to wake up for, you know? And and I cover myself, you know, like, my beloved. Yeah. I'm like, ah. Oh. I'm like, yes, you are, Lord. You are the most beautiful. You are. You are. Okay, now... Among thousands. Yeah. I'm like, oh, yeah. So I'm like, okay, Lord. I wake up, I pull out my uh, iPad, and I Google. My beloved is the most beautiful. And it takes me to Song of Solomon, chapter 5. And it says, my beloved um, is, and it says, he's, he's handsome, and he's ruddy, and he's the most excellent among 10,000. That's the actual, you know. And so I'm like, you are, Lord. I, I know that. You know, you are, you know. And then he starts to speak to me about that for the congregation. And I'm writing and I'm writing. And I'm like, and by about half past five, you know, I've, I've got this whole thing that I feel like the Lord wants to tell them. And so I go, I arrive there, I get my bakery stuff, and we we arrive at Mike's house, and all the leaders are there. I'm, I'm saying everyone is meeting, the service starts at eleven, everyone's meeting at his house at 9 30. And there's a message I want to bring to us that I've learned from Asafontaine that we need to get to church earlier. You're like, but it's closed. There's no one here. Who cares? Let's gather earlier. Let's be a church together. Let's encourage one another. Let's share words of encouragement. Let's share coffee or tea or whatever you drink in Life Cafe. Let's bring stuff from home. Let's be a family. Let's eat together. Let's have communion before the service starts. Let's pray together. You know, I'm not talking about a prayer meeting. I'm saying let's come earlier. And so everyone came, and they were ready, and their kids were there, and, and it was amazing. And and every one of them is saying, "In my quiet time this morning, this is what the Lord said." And many of them are like, "I don't understand the Lord's. He's speaking to us about the beauty of Jesus." I make no noise. And they go through and everyone is talking about how excellent and how beautiful Jesus is. And how, how, how we must turn our eyes upon Jesus and, and look at His beauty and understand His beauty. And how the beauty of Jesus is going to change our lives. And I'm sitting there and I'm just crying eh? because it's everything that the Lord is speaking to me from that song. From Song of Solomon. And Anyway, so, I mean, it's the, it's power. The Spirit is there. This is not church. This is at the house before church. And then everyone gets up from there. Everyone is encouraged. They're full of faith. Because they, you know, they said, hey, Lucas, what are you preaching on? And I'm trying to cry and talk and everything at the same time. It was, you know when the Holy Spirit's there. And everyone leaves. And, and then everyone goes to church. And they're carrying in plants to make it look beautiful. And putting up curtains and adjusting the chairs. Because, you know, there's about six or seven people that met there for the Presbyterian service beforehand. And this is a new church plant in that hall. And we come in and I can't tell you that hall was packed out with people. And everyone is welcoming new people and visitors. Wow, come in. We're so excited to have you. Why? Why? Because of faith. Because of love. Because of not coming to church. For me what am I going to receive is the preach going to be good how's the worship Who's on? no I'm going to give I'm going to lay down my life yes like it what a beautiful aroma to the Lord from that congregation from those people laying down their lives some guys still living in mouthwash and driving through for, for church 45 minutes both ways and then going to community 45 minutes in the dark on that road wow beautiful beautiful I was so encouraged Preached. A young girl gives her life to Jesus. The whole congregation is crying. People are ministered to afterwards. It was an amazing time. Going. Serving. I told you I was in Milneton the week before. Same thing. Learning. Seeing how the lead elders. Boy, I learned so much from these guys. About how to lead. And how to be. And I really felt, and I shared this with the elders on Tuesday, I feel like we're going into a season where the Lord wants to fill us with love for people beyond ourselves. And, I, and I've asked... All of the elders, would you please, let's obey the Lord in this. Would you take people from your communities and would you go out from us and serve other congregations and go on outreach? And It can be on a Saturday, on a Sunday. I'm not, no parameters. But everyone, let every saint go out and reach out. Why? Faith. Because of what we believe will happen to those people who don't have him. And because of what we believe will happen to those who are soul winners. Amen? Amen.